You know, guns don't kill people. Stupid motherfuckers with guns kill people. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, what condition my condition was in. I woke up this morning with the sundown shining in. Where's the money, Lebowski? Where's the f***ing money, head? Oh, it's, uh, oh, oh, it's down there somewhere. Let me take another look. I found my mind in a brown paper bag, but then... 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Tripped on a cloud and fell eight miles high. I tore my mind. On a jagged sky. Okay, you know, you guys aren't privy to all the new so, uh, you know, that's what you, uh, that's what you pay me for. I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Illinois Nazis. I hate Illinois Nazis. Yeah, let's cut through the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? I lost you $60,000. There is no one who wants to make that money back for you more than I do. Just one thing, dude. What's that? You have to use so many cuss words. The f you talking about? Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. I woke up this morning with the sundown shining in. Hello, back to Saxon Jackson. I'm Tamar Greg Pappas on the board. SB Futures down four. SB Futures down 25. We'll see if that holds. We've had three strong days in a row. I think we might have been down yesterday during the show, but that didn't last. Uh, as soon as it became okay for everybody to buy. Bitcoin and an ETF in your retirement account for Grandpa. It's going to save the world. We've, we rallied up off that. Do we have Mr. Kevin? I'm feeling pretty good that the world is going to be saved. Absolutely. Uh, if only we would have had a tulip ETF, the tulips would never have gone down. What do you think? Um, I think uh, that it would just take one hard frost and we'd be screwed. Oh, God. Well, they came from Turkey. Did they get frost in Turkey? Is that where tulips came from? They were not indigenous to Holland, I don't think. That's why there was one of the reasons why they were so valuable. Just it could be. <laughs> now, now I, I'm not up on my tulipology. Well, if you had a, you guys should have a class in a classic market crashes. That'd be a neat class. Uh, could be, yeah. The tulips, we'd have. Uh, well, it's gold. called it's called economics class. Well, we'd have gold Iran and Central and, Asia. Uh, b- between economics and international econ, those you know, those are part of our business curriculum but I avoid teaching them like the plague well we had a uh, we had when I first started I was really young uh, the was it the, the hunt brothers had to bring the what was it Greg? Silver, the silver markets yeah, they had they, to bring the, the, the brinks truck full of silver down the block and deposit it at the board of trade or something <clears throat> some wacky story anyway uh, this one evidently is shocking the world but I don't think it uh, everybody who's listening to Stocks and Jacks is going to say, what's wrong with these guys? Duh. Uh, it's an article here by Elliot Smith. We've uh, quoted some of his stuff before. He does a nice job. Bank of England is facing major losses on its bond purchases, and it's set to get much worse. Well, let's see. The uh, 10-year rate over in Britain is uh, 2 point something something, and they, for a while it was negative. Um, do you think those bonds look pretty bad? Duh! My only is it. Is it well, nice if, if, right if only if only there were a, a a smaller bank crash or something like that that could have uh, shown them the uh, uh, the potential of that happening. Yeah, they might have been able to react a little sooner. Here are key points. Now, just not just points, but key points. 
We only do key points. We only do key points. Bank of England's losses on bonds bought to sh- bought to shore up the UK economy. Now they did this for all the right purposes. They they pissed away this though. Will be materially higher than projected, according to the Deutsche Bank. In late July, the Bank of England estimated that it would require the UK Treasury to backstop, mean bail our ass out, uh, 150 billion, which is 189 billion dollars, of losses on its asset purchase facility. The guys went out and bought these bonds. At, at, at prices where if you went and bought them and did something really stupid, they bail you out and, and bought them from you even higher if you were the right guy. Not, not casting any aspersions here. I'm just kind of telling the truth. Deutsche Bank senior econo- economist Sanjay Raja said at the cost to the Treasury of indemnifying the AFP losses over the next two... F- Why can't somebody indemnify my losses if I screw up? Indemnifying the AFP losses over the next two fiscal years would be around £23 million billion pounds higher than the OBR forecast in March. So what's it going to be next March or next January or something? I mean, uh, this whole idea that a government, and you see Japan doing it all the time. When they go, when, when Japan, when the yen is uh, is going down, they run out and they, and they buy dollars or something. Or when the, when the yen is going up, they buy dollars. Okay, that's, if, if, if the market's going the other way, all it is is a crummy trade by a big group in the government. It, so you go out there and you and, and you and you buy the dollars, and all of a sudden the dollars keep going down, or the other way around, whatever it is. Uh, guess what? You just made a crap out trade. You didn't help anybody. You didn't you didn't do it for for God, country, and whatever. You just made a crap trade. These guys buying bonds at that level was a crap trade. It never should have been there. Just saying. Just saying, Kevin. So how's that? For so a, we're we're all um, uh, sunshine and lollipops today. Yeah, just you know, it's uh, well we. <laughs> I'm still reeling by this. The what did you think of that Jolts report yesterday? Um, interesting. I also, but you know, it doesn't matter, Kevin. We're going to be saved because we can put Bitcoin in an ETF. So if we only could have put tulips there, we'd be okay. I know I already said that. So now you'll be able to. The, the uh, an appeals court said that the SEC, because they let the futures trade uh, ETFs, Bitcoin, and told said no to a. An, uh, an ETF, meaning something that could be margined and put in people's IRA and stuff, that they didn't follow their own procedures and they were uneven, so they have to let BlackRock and somebody else form a, a Bitcoin ETF. So everybody can go out and buy it without buying the actual Bitcoin. Um, how much money do you think BlackRock has given to the judges on that panel? I mean, uh, really? I mean, it doesn't surprise me the SEC didn't follow their own procedures, but do we really need a Bitcoin ETF? And then we wonder when these things go down, what's wrong with them? Well, a lot of money will flow into it, and a lot of, um, you know, potentially a lot of people are going to get hurt. We had a... Uh, and that, that's that's too bad. Um, I, I will say, I mean, this is a slight shift, but there there is a lesson for uh, people who run their businesses, um, and, and that is that there there is a lot of stuff that is legal. Like if you're in a right-to-work state, for example, uh, you know, you have the ability to let people go whenever you need to. You know, you've got all these kinds of things. But as soon as you create procedures um, that of, of your own that may, uh, you know, go well, uh, you know, may, may constrain you and, and create process that 
is in addition to what's legal, you damn well better follow them because if you don't, then you are still setting yourself up to get sued. You cannot fall back on, well, it's a right to work state. I can let you go at any time. No, you create a progressive disciplinary process in your business, then you have to follow it because uh, otherwise you're going to follow it for some and not for others. And next thing you know, you'll have the EEOC knocking on your door. Um, I would say you're correct. I, uh, but the, the regulatory push on this, the idea of, I mean, we're, we, you know, we've been in business a long time and deal with, first it was uh, the NASD and the other people, now it's FINRA. If you ever have a question, there is nobody there you can call to say, look, this, this is one, can we do this or not do this? There's nobody there you can call. And then if they walk in on an audit and decide, then everybody knows everything about everything. You should have known this was wrong. Yeah, but I asked you guys. Uh, doesn't matter. You should have known. We had a, a young guy in here, and you know, sometimes when you're older and you're and you're a big dude, you get to do stuff. And I don't mean like punch people or anything, but we did one trade, I think, discretionarily for one of these uh, double shorts or double. I think it might have been the TBT, which is a like a double short bond or something. And uh, what's actually the name of the damn thing? It's a uh, ProShares Ultra Short Twenty Year Treasury. Um, so this guy comes in and says, you know, you can't be doing these things. And they have a, they have a, a boatload of these things. So they're, they're double short uh, S&Ps. They're, double, they're triple short Qs. I mean, triple long Qs. All these, I mean, there's, a, there's, a, there's a plethora of these things out there. And the kid says to me, uh, kid, he's 25, maybe 30. You know, you, you should know that you can't do a trade in this. And I said, well, first of all, I didn't really do it. The customer wanted it. Well, yeah, but it's in a discretionary account. Yeah, I know that. I said, you know, do me a favor, sit down for a second, will you? If these, these products are so harmful to anybody, why did you approve them? Well, what do you mean? I said, what do you mean? Why do you approve a product that if I trade it, I'm going to get fined for? <laughs> what, is wrong, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I don't know. I, I let it go at that, Kevin, but not him personally, but what is wrong with you? Just but you would, you would kind of hope somebody would go back to the ranch and say, what is wrong with us? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I just, I can't even, I don't even know what the story is with that. But I'm reeling about this Sox Park shooting. Did you hear the final story on this now? Uh, are we, are we, we're up to the, uh, I hit the, you know, hit the gun in a, a flap of fat. Yeah. And got it through <laughs> the, got it through the metal detector and it went off. And I not only like scratched my belly when it went out, but I shot the person next to me. No, I'm going to bet. <laughs> it reminds me of the uh, <laughs> the skiing uh, skit in Saturday Night Live where the skiers are going down the hill and all of a sudden the shot happens and they fall and they're accidentally shot by Claudine Langey. <laughs> now, for those not old enough to remember that, Claudine Langey was an actress and I think she was Andy Williams' uh, um, yeah. girlfriend at the time and she, smoking hot uh, smoking hot uh, yeah oh yeah a uh, beautiful woman and she accidentally shot somebody yeah. <laughs> and, uh, quote accidentally shot her, uh, her lover or something like that so they were making great fun of it uh, oh it was spider savage the, yeah, uh, yeah yeah um the skier that got what yeah. got shot so that was the tie into skiing and of course as you know you see, watch enough uh, if you watch skiing you'll see people fall on the slalom so they just dubbed over the shot ringing out when someone was going to fall and go oh no that he was accidentally shot by Claudine Langey so is this I gotta ask a question now I, I took a everybody knows I took a, a concealed carry class I did not get my fingerprints done I never got the concealed carry thing but 
I wanted to go to class just to learn the whole routine. And I, I learned more in two days than I've been having in a long time. But one thing I remember, even if you have a concealed carry permit, you can't bring one in a, in a stadium. You can't bring one in a public building. You can't bring one on a bus or L or train or a plane. You don't get to do any of those things. As a matter of fact, it's at a point where you wonder why you even have it. Uh, maybe just in your car or walking back and forth to the office. But then if it's in the building, uh, has the no, the no gun in the building, you can't bring it in the building. So I mean, it's, it's kind of a, you know, I, I guess it's a, for people who think they need it, it's okay. But I mean, it, to me, it's like, where, where am I going to put this thing? Every place I go, I can't bring it, even if I had one. So anyway, so this lady, I'm going to guess, does not have a FOIA card, surely does not have a concealed carry card. And somehow, and, and when they talk about everybody has a metal detector at these parks, what do you suppose, Kevin, I, I, I think I know, Kev, uh, Greg, check me on this, will you? I think I know that there's a dial on these meta, uh, metal detectors. You can turn them up or turn them down to the point where maybe it, maybe they'll get an anvil going through to where they'll, they'll pick out a, you know, a key in your pocket. Because I've seen people go through airports and, and flights where we've you know, had to connect, where on one, one part they get in and next time they don't. I mean, I mean, if you had that thing ramped way up, nobody getting get in Saks Park with a belt buckle, with, and a pen in your pocket, change, nothing. Yeah, yeah, wouldn't it be great if you had to take off your belt just like at the airport, yeah. take off your shoes just to get into a ball game? Yeah, well, I mean, or change. And have the basket, you don't see anybody pouring stuff in the basket to you, the phones mm-hmm. and stuff. So that thing's, those things must be turned down so low that they're almost, they're just there for, for show. Anyway, so she gets the thing in there. Now, she's got... Probably not a car. She's got a carrying concealed weapon. Oh, by the way, the thing goes off. Uh, and she shot somebody. Could have killed him, but she didn't. Uh, now, are, are we talking about any charges here whatsoever? Is this one of them? Is a teacher? Oh, uh, the one that got shot. The which which one? Uh, I don't know, but I saw the thing that said, "On behalf of the entire CPS community, we wish our staff member a speedy recovery." She must be the lady that got shot. Because the other lady, there's no recovery from the bullet burn in her belly. She didn't go to the hospital. The one who had the gun. She d- declined treatment. The other one got shot in the leg, bleeding pretty good. Anyway, the uh, and then the bullet ended up in the in the hoodie of the lady two two persons over or something. How did it end up in the hoodie? I don't know. It must have gone through, and you know, by going, th- it went all the way through the lady. It was a clear. It was clear, uh, a clean through, huh? Yeah, and then it landed somebody. Yeah, that's that sounds accidental. Yeah, well, it was because she she blew a streak in her own belly. <laughs> Okay. It's not funny, I, you know. But now is this? Are yes, we? Are we? Are we? Don't we say it's not funny. It's but, hilarious. I know. Are we? Are we charging her, or is this part of the culture? I, don't, I have no idea what color she is. I mean, is this part of the culture? Is this okay now? Is this? I can. I can think of about five five laws here. Well, is, when you say is it part of the culture, are we talking about stupidity? And the answer to that is unequivocally yes. Uh, stupidity I, is part of our culture. I don't. But this. I, I don't. I mean this. This is not. It may be seem to be normal, but it's not what we where we want to be. People that are just stupid. I don't I, you know. I'm sure she's not as stupid. No, no I, such thing. I'd as rather stupid. we weren't. Yeah, <laughs> but, but I, we are. But but we but we are. I don't. Uh, um. Anyway, so then there's another one here that says, uh, "Boy, all kinds of stuff this morning." This is the salary you need to live in every state. Now, mind you, the meet the mean salary for an individual is what thirty eight. 40, something like that. So I mean, uh, Alabama, you need 46 grand to live in Alabama. Alaska, 71. Arizona, 47. California, 80. Uh, Colorado, 59. Where, where are we? We're, uh, Indiana, 49. 
I, don't, I would not have guessed this, Kevin. It costs it's five hundred dollars more to live in Indiana than it does Illinois. Would you guess that? Well, you're doing the whole state, and is it doing medians or is it doing doing um, mean? It just says annual living wage for a single person in order to hang in society. Illinois is forty nine three seven two. Uh, Indiana is forty nine eight five five. Now their formula here. Oh, here we can bitch at the formula, but let's at least see what they're using. Uh, Fifty thirty twenty is the budget. All right, so that means, uh, let's see, 50% of the income is used to cover necessities such as housing and utilities, 30% goes toward discretionary spending, and 20% is left for savings or investment. I'm, I'm going to say, well, if people contribute to a 401k, they're probably kicking some in they don't get first, but I don't see anybody saving 20% of their actual check, do you? No. But now, but but to be fair, the, the, the 401k comes out of your check. It comes out before you get it, right? So if you're if you're doing something like that, if you're putting ten percent in there, and maybe the company's even matching, so that adds a little bit more to it. But yeah, if, if that's your, uh, I'm kind of surprised because uh, rents are, are what would you say the the median rent is here in Chicago? It's got to be it's got to be eighteen hundred or something, isn't it? Isn't it? Uh, yeah, and, great, and compared to uh, Indiana, it's you know rents aren't close. Yeah. All right, so no, I I don't know what. Indianapolis rents are, but that would be the only place where it's any higher. I wish we had, uh, where's, where's Bob? We need him. Uh, we need him a lot. Uh, he got off the top of his head. If you're making, let's say, 50 grand in Illinois and Indiana, what do you, what do you, I'll be a South Side term, what are you taking home? The taxes have got to be the federal, uh, well, your, your Social Security and the other stuff is. Uh, figure, figure 25 to 30 percent. All right, so you're you're taking home taking out of there. All right, so you're taking home thirty five. I don't see how, if your rent's fifteen hundred a month, that's eighteen grand. Well, I guess that's fifty percent, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not all that far off. But I, I I think you're struggling having an apartment by yourself. You're making fifty grand. Certainly well, in and, and you're lo- you're losing ground by the month too. That's without, oh, without a doubt. But whatever, that's okay though because. Oh, the big guys aren't. Um, it's just, it's just sort of okay. I, no, no, no. That's okay because inflation is down. Yeah, I don't. The president told me so. I know it. Did you, did you ever, did you ever think that the entire, that just as we go from news to whatever the the daily drivel is, uh, that it would, it would, it would be the the major, well, I use the term from the past, the major brainwashing, misinformation part. That you've ever seen like this, where where the people—it's it's the gaslighting part—is the better way to put it. What is, what is what's the actual definition of that? Gaslighting. It's yeah. telling you not to believe your lying eyes. Ah, so, but I mean the, the whole idea—that's I mean, that's probably the best way to put it—is to deny reality and and um, and uh, and believe believe what I'm telling you instead. What if I were to give? I wouldn't do it. If Russell do it. He's a professor. Or hell, um, what do you? If they were to give the person who sits glued to CNBC or Fox Business all day long a, a 15 or 20 question basic economics test after listening allegedly to a business show all day long, what do you think the average score is going to be? <coughs> after listening to them and then actually using correct answers? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't know. It's going to be low. It's going to be, to be low. No, no idea of what... Or, or, or the, What's what's the, what is a real deficit? What is a real inflation? What is price level? What is I mean just just define the difference between the, all this different stuff. I don't think anybody has a clue. Well, and th- and that's really the problem is that there are 
concepts, you know, definitions in there. It's like you can you can say inflation's down when what you really are what what is accurate to say is that the rate of inflation has slowed. But even at that, I you know to look at it like this. I've said this before, I'm sure on the, uh, on here, and I've said it lots of other places too. Is the the, the important thing to understand is that a large part uh, a part of why inflation is quote down is because of the denominator in the equation that if if i if a, a product you know costs uh, 5 bucks now or you cost 5 bucks 2 years ago and it went up a buck that would be what 20% inflation yep and if it goes up another buck over at, uh, year over year, it was six bucks last year, and it's up another buck this year. Then what's you know you can do the math in your head, but that's going to be something less than twenty percent. So you're going to say inflation's down, and I'm going to sit there and say it's costing me another buck that I don't have. Yeah. Well, it, but if, uh, if if your salaries go up the same percentage, which, which they never do, that's the whole point of this. It, it benefits some people and doesn't. It doesn't benefit others, but if it benefit, if everybody had this, if everybody got, every single person got a ten percent raise every year, and inflation was ten percent every year, you wouldn't get, you would get nowhere. I mean, you 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 wouldn't be hurt, you wouldn't be whatever, you'd just be neutral. But that's not what happens, right? Yeah, but what I'm what I'm also yeah. saying is the the not the dollar amount of increase matters a great deal to most people. Yes. Um, and and so you know if you're gonna if you're gonna hit me up. For another dollar for every product every year, um, you know, or another fifty cents, you can pick a number. It doesn't matter. But say my grocery basket keeps going up and everything keeps going up, it doesn't matter to me what the percentage is. I'm just telling you, it's up and I can't afford it. Well, we're gonna go to break and then we'll come back and uh, talk a little bit about uh, some of the sports going. SP futures down four and the futures down twenty-five. Let's see if the Bears are gonna be in the Super Bowl. I'm saying no. I'll be right back. Stacks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. 
Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation and human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. So that's... That's it then. No one else really knows anything. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, and everybody. Stocks and jocks. I'm tomorrow. Great peppers on the board. SP futures down 375, and the SP futures down 21. A slight little. Sell off this morning after uh, some three pretty big days in a row after kind of a crummy start to August. Uh, so uh, we don't see where this lands. We got a couple days left. Uh, problems are still there, but it seems like uh, uh, there's a lot of buying too. So I mean, it's who knows where it might end up. Uh, over in Europe, we've got uh, the DAX down 58.4%, the FTSE up 24.3%, CAC around down 25.3%. So they're. Um, uh, you know, they're, they're mixed over there and not very much. The, head, the headline is European markets shed early gains on Germany and Spain data. Orsted down 20%. I have no idea what Orsted is. Uh, over in Asia, Nikkei up 106.3%. Hang Seng down one, uh, $1. $1. After this thing's been up and down 2% almost every day. $1. I call that flat. 18,042 is the whole number. Shanghai up one. Let's call that one flat. So not much going on there either. Uh, yesterday, Dow up another 292. S&P up 64. It's a real strong day there. Uh, NASDAQ, same way, up 238, 1.74. NVIDIA closes an all-time high. Just can't get... In all the articles today, it's cheap even now. It's cheap. No matter where it is, it's cheap. Uh, Ten-year, up three basis points, 4.15. The bond up seven basis points, 2.58. How are those bonds looking if you bought them below zero? Uh, Japan up one basis point, 0.66. Uh, oil. Up another 53 cents. Now we're leaving 80 in the dust. 81.69. Rent up 47 cents. 85.96. Natural gas up 4 cents. 270. Arbob up a penny. 280. Uh, gold up another, well, up another buck. But it's up to 19.66. Kind of well past 19.50 at a big rally yesterday. Silver down 13 cents. 25 bucks even. Copper down 2 cents. 377. We have Bitcoin, which had the huge move up yesterday because of the court ruling that you now have a Bitcoin ETF. Down some today, 522 bucks, 27,373, but still up a, a bunch from the other the other day when it was 26,000. So it's it's up a chunk. Uh, we have the U.S. dollar, which is mildly mildly to the downside this morning, with the the uh, euro back up to 108.7 and the pound up to 126.6. So maybe they're going to go back to the 109 and 127 where they have been for like forever. We'll see about that. Greg, what do you got for us? Traffic, weather, sports. Traffic sucks. Yeah, traffic is a little tough today. Um, Already looking pretty bad. Kennedy Montrose to the interchange, 27. Lake Cook to the interchange on Edens, 43 minutes. Ike Wolf to the interchange, 35 minutes. The Ryan, the locals, 35th to the interchange, 17. Stevenson, 294 to Dan Ryan is 26 minutes. And the Bishop Ford to the interchange is about 26 minutes. Uh, Weather-wise, we've got 62 here in Chicago. It's going to be about 66 today. 
sunny in Phoenix. There's a heat warning. It's 93 right now, and 109 is the high, and there's possible showers. We have I think a, they're ready for fall. Yeah, yeah. In, uh, in Florida, we have Vidalia making landfall, and that's between Tallahassee and Gainesville. It's a Category 3 currently, about 125-mile-an-hour winds. Um, sports, White Sox lose 3-9 to nine in Baltimore. Ouch. Diamondbacks lose to the Dodgers, 1-9, to nine, double ouch. And then Cubs yesterday ended Milwaukee's nine-game win streak, and they win 1-0. They got to play again today. The series is tied 1-1. One one. That's all I got, Chief. It's a big Back game to today. Uh, the, it was, I, I, the pitcher last night somehow pitched six innings of scoreless ball. Kevin, was he happy with any pitch? I, mean, I think <laughs> he he uh, he was fighting it the whole. I mean, yeah. this, that that was really good pitching, because when you're you know, lots of guys when you're really cooking, it's great. You just rear back, you fire, everything's going right where you want it to go. It's breaking just the way you want it to break. But when you are scuffling along and you can still shut out a pretty good team like that, pretty good hitting team, that's pretty that's good pitching. Well, he had a that's, couple of double that's some plays guy beyond his years. Well, sometimes when you miss, you confuse the batter too. I mean, if if, I mean, if he knows that this is the spot for him to be giving you the, you know, the outside slider, and all of a sudden the thing comes at your head just because he missed, it's, it's it can be discerning, disconcerting to the batter as well. It sort of was, it seemed. But he had a couple of really slick double plays, and Ian Hamp made that great catch against Beautiful the wall. Beautiful catch at the wall, yeah. So, uh, I uh, I still think I still think Kevin are a player short, or they're certainly a pitcher short. Is it, or is that? I mean, my, uh, well, yeah, the pitchers. One of the pitchers' names is Stroman. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, they uh, um, they they really you know they're they're hurting because of injuries and and you know Smiley just went south on him. He he was very good in the early part of the season, but he's uh, he he's just gets rocked every time he goes out there to pitch now. So that that's a problem. Um, what about the other guy, the, the pitcher who pitched the first game, Tyone? Yeah. Uh, he's been okay, you know. He'll go out and have a bad game like he did the other night, and, but he'll go out and string together two, or three good games too. Um, he's, you know, he's he's decent. He, he's, you know, he's one of those guys that's going to be your number four starter. Uh, but you know, even on a good team, he'll probably be like the number four starter or something like that. And, and you know, so what do number four starters do? They tend not to dominate games. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, but but they're competent, and so that's you know I think that uh, I think that comes into play. That matters just and is um, you know it's it's just interesting to watch. So Stroman actually they they gave a report on him last night and said he's starting to do some light workouts. You never know if they will get him before the end of September, but I wouldn't count on it. Um, and uh, um, I did see uh, there you know there's a few pitchers. Um, that hit the waiver wire yesterday. It, the interesting phenomenon. You have you have teams that are out of it, um, and and they're cutting, they're waving some of their guys whose contracts are coming up, and you know they might save a million bucks in the process of doing it, but they're also giving these guys opportunities to get picked up by contenders, which is kind of well, interesting. Know, why would they see. save anything? Most these 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 things are all guaranteed. Um, yeah, it's it, they, well. They're getting paid. Yeah, they get paid the rest of the year, regardless. You you waive them. You got to honor the contract. But if a guy's making uh, what, um, let's just say ten million, and uh, or, or let, let let's say uh, sixteen million for numbers, because what uh, you'd be looking at then uh, 
maybe a third or a fourth of the season. No, not even a fourth. Uh, let's just say an eighth of the season on 16 million. Then you're going to, uh, you know, you're going to save two million bucks. If another team picks him up, if nobody picks up the guy, then uh, I think, I think uh, then you just pay him to not play. I think if another but, team picks him up, they got to pay the minimum. You no, 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 not on waivers. You, you're, you're picking up the contract as it is. Oh, so what's the one where the other guys get to pay? To, they pick up on the minimum, and you pay the rest. If you clear waivers, and then you can sign them. You can sign them, and uh, uh, right. just for what you want. But uh, you know, I think there's there's some pretty good players out there, and you know, the Cubs. It, it's in. They pick in reverse order of the record. So you know, Cincinnati's going to get they're going to get to grab somebody before the Cubs get to. Um, I think the Giants, you know, some of the other teams in contention. So the question is, are there enough good players on the um, uh, on there that could fall to the Cubs after uh, you know a few others take their picks? So you've got got like the the Angels, you know, uh, they they cut loose. Oh my goodness, they cut loose uh, uh, Lucas Giolito. Um, really? Yeah. Yeah, they waived Lucas Giolito, Ronaldo Lopez. You remember him from the Sox? Yeah. Um, so those two guys are out there. Matt Moore, who is a really good reliever. Um, these guys are all in the last year of their contracts, so you know they're probably not going to sign them anyway. Um, so they're out there. The uh, White Sox put well, the, the Angels are, up. Are the Angels? They're giving it. They're giving it up. They're, they're obviously. Not oh yeah, yeah. They they have to. They're, they're acknowledging the obvious. They they went for it at the trade deadline, and nothing worked for them. Plus, you know, Otani can't pitch now, and uh, what happened? And, what happened and they may and they may not see Trout. Uh, Otani, ulnar ligament, elbow, basically. He's he's rest may solve it, but he's a good candidate for Tommy John surgery as a pitcher. Well, that would suck. Well, it would suck for him because his he, he's going into his free agent year, and he's still hitting. He's still playing, you know, DH, um, and and he can hit. But uh, he was basically uh, in line to get paid like two players as the pitcher yeah. and as the hitter. And right at the moment, he may only get paid as one player. Now he'll still get paid a lot of money because the guy's a great. Did, did hitter. he have a? Did he have a? I'll use the term. Did he have an obvious flaw in his delivery? Like, I, like not Kerry? that I know of, but. Not that I know off Tom, but but uh, you, you're talking like Kerry Wood or somebody yeah. like that, who, you know, they they just were never able to get him to correct his delivery, uh, it, which is interesting because if you look at Kyle Hendricks, he did change his whole uh, pitching motion, and you know he still says when they when they talk to him, he's not entirely comfortable with it yet. He's pitching reasonably well, but uh, but he, he's not entirely comfortable with the new delivery. But it will prolong his career once he gets it really down. Once a, there's a uh, boy, I, I don't, I can't imagine the stuff even being available, uh, Kevin. When we first came came down here, well, on the trading floor, we were, I was at a, well, this crummy little club over on a Monroe and the Wacker. We would go after work, and Jen and I'd go over and we'd uh, work out. And always it was like the same five creatures. They'd sell memberships. I don't know how many people a week they'd be there a week, and then you're back to the same five guys that worked out every night. <laughs> the usual health club thing. Well, then they open up Bally's over here. Uh, the big Bally's were in River City down in the basement. Really nice club. Anyway, so there was a magazine they would put in there. And uh, actually, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't that magazine. The Tribune, the Tribune of all places, used to give up. And I wonder I wonder if they have this published somewhere. Boy, oh, boy. Every like once a month, they would give the entire back page of the sports section to some 
maybe a, a doctor or different guys, and they would go through the, the mechanics of all the, of sports, of different things in different sports. And it was one of the most fascinating things to read, but it was real detail. I mean, it was a whole back page. So, I mean, if you, you had to really be into it. And they were talking about baseball deliveries and how uh, the people who had certain injuries versus others, how you could detect in their delivery which, which it was going to be. And the guy said, if, if you pitch properly or throw properly, you know, my, whatever sport you're doing it, if, when you come forward, your, your foot has to, should be pointing directly toward where you're throwing. The line between your, all the way from your right, so assuming you're right hand, right-handed, your right index finger, all the way down your arm, through your, both your shoulder blades, down to your left arm, which should be the other side. If that line is perfectly straight, you're probably not going to get injured. But very, very few people have that delivery. It's what they call it overpronate or underpronate. And they said, uh, who was the guy? Uh, uh, the guy with the million home run, a million, like Nolan Ryan, Clements, Greg Maddox. They had uh, probably Fergie Jenkins had that where they could just throw all day, and it it, it never it didn't really affect them because they were they were they were not they were using every muscle that was going the right way, and they predicted at the time there were two guys. One was uh, What's his name? He was the uh, the guy who won the three games for the Phillies. Uh, uh, what was his name? And then, then, the, then the guy who was on uh, on uh, TV, they booted off. With the, he had the blood on his ankle. Anyway, they, they pictured these two guys, and they said, this dude is slightly under. If you're one or the other, if you're slightly under, you're going to blow up, you're going to eventually blow up your elbow. If you're slightly over, you're going to blow up your shoulder. They put the picture of these two guys, and one was just slightly under, one was slightly over. And damn it, if the next two years, one of them didn't have elbow surgery and the other one had shoulder surgery. Mm-hmm. You know, but but it, it's it's very scientific on how exactly it has to be done where you could just pitch all day and not, not be a problem. And well, I, al- I also recall about the, the Mets pitchers, and you're going back to Seaver, Kuzman, yeah. uh, Ryan, and all of those. I'm going to bet Seaver was, was very was close. All- yeah, there was a whole style of how you do it with them too. You know, the the stride was a big part of it, and you know these guys would get their their uh, push knee, the right knee would, uh, or in Kuzman's case, the left knee, and and it would be dirty at the end of the game because they, you know, they had the long stride, bent the back, um, and uh, and pushed off so hard, and they got so they got so much out of their uh, legs instead of their arms. Uh, that it made a, it made a big difference in their delivery, and a lot of people chalked up a lot of the longevity that they had too. Well, Sandy Koufax was a, I, you know what, Greg, if you can, he was, uh, he came over to top, which is either an overpronator or an underpronator. You could absolutely predict he was going to have elbow problems, but you also couldn't hit him, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, because the curveball dropped so deep. Yeah, yeah, much. I mean, he also couldn't hit him, and you know, so I mean, a lot of this you, you do for effect. Most relief pitchers. Are horrible, but they but they come in because they give you a different look. But they but they also are they're only, they're only going to throw thirty or forty pitches. And Fergie Jenkins has been used to pitch batting practice between starts to keep loose. I mean, uh, and he, the guy could throw forever. They used to call it a rubber arm. Guys, that just no matter what, they were never sore. Yeah. Now, Sports Illustrated once did an article too, and it, you know, it was some medical guy uh, who had done a lot of analysis on this and he also wrote about how many pitches you threw before the age 25 and and how that would affect longevity as well and that um it, 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 actually he did it on innings not pitches because they weren't doing pitch counts back then but the idea was that you are you 
most men around age 25 become fully developed um, physically um, you know whatever that means they've stopped growing they've stopped uh, uh, they fill out in a different way and, and so on I know I filled out in a different yeah. way starting about then but uh, but at any rate you know so he, he kind of pegged it at 25 and the one that I remember was he said um, that uh, uh, Dwight Gooden um, at the, was pitching at the time and he said this guy has thrown so many innings at such a young age that he is going to be on a fast track to 150 wins and he's never going to see 200 well the and, uh, and he he was absolutely right about that now part of that was probably the cocaine use too um that uh, that, that, that can't we, help. That, that can't we help. Yeah, that can't it, help. It, well, it does. Yeah, it doesn't help. I mean, it, it, you know, when when you start to look at it, you say, yeah, it it definitely doesn't help because um, you know it's just one of those things that's going to take a physical toll. It's going to hurt your conditioning. Um, but in fact, uh, when we look at Dwight Gooden, who I have up now, he did not see 200. He made it to 194. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, uh, and and it, but it took him 16 years to get there. His big years for wins kind of ended. Uh, his last big year was 1990, which was his one, two, three, four, five, six. That was his seventh season. He had 19 wins. Then it fell to 13, 10, 13, 12, then three, and did not play in 95. Uh, and then uh, 11, 9, 8, 3, 6. You know, so he he hung around a long time. He hung around 16 years, but he was. You know, his his heyday was all packed into the first seven or eight years. Well, some guys can throw the fastball day and they overpronate or underpronate on the curveball. That's what happened with Kerry Wood. But well, here's a here's a trivia question, and we're going to talk a little bit about some of this educational stuff we've been fighting with all week. Uh, the trivia question: If you ever on the the old show Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, how many pitches did Kerry Wood pitch the day he was drafted? How many? Oh, he probably pitched like four different games. <laughs> well, he was in high school, and I think he he pitched a seven inning game and relieved in the second one or something. It was like 120 or 140 or something, some huge number. Yeah, and that's to to me that's you know especially when they're teenagers that's just abusive. Any coach that does that is well, they, they didn't even know in those days, but but or they, or they did know and they didn't care. They they had a pretty good idea. People were talking about that you know for a long time. Well, how do how do you get from? In Little League, when I <laughs> there was a Little League when I was in Little League, uh, six innings a week was it. I mean, I had the first game I pitched. Yeah, and that's what I mean by they knew. <laughs> they, they knew. And I pitched uh, the first game we won. I pitched, and I went all six innings, and I went to the next game, and I heard about the six-inning rule, and I assumed I'd be on the mound. I wasn't. That's how dumb I was at the time. And uh, it was six innings a week. How, how do you get from that to throw every damn day in high school? I mean, it would pro- uh, Because coaches are uh, burnishing their own records. Well, Mark Pryor, what, he had 35 starts at Southern Cal, and the Cubs had to shut him down the rest of the year when they drafted him? Some huge number, 32 starts, 35? Some crazy stuff. Um, Kevin, what'd you make of the uh, talk with, with uh, Mike and John the other day regarding uh, this, this college sports when you... We're not going to go all the way into it today, but if you if you really let everything follow the money trail, you never know exactly what you're, where you're going to get. I mean, we're talking... Uh, uh, this morning I was listening to a PBM on the way in, and they were, you know, talking about some sports thing, and they were saying, "Well, you now you have to like do this for the, because because everybody else is doing it." I mean, if, if one guy's cheating to get away with it, you either stop the cheater or everybody has to cheat to stay even. And you you can't let a society get like that. And it, 
I don't want to see college. If you get to the point where this is all just the money, and, and really it's, you're not going to give anybody any scholarships other than the people that, that the, uh, I mean, the government can say whatever they damn well please, but if it's a professional, fully taxed, you know, sponsored professional team, and you get rid of the, uh, well, I guess I'll ask you because you know more about this than me. If you get rid of the uh, extracurricular student model, why do you have to even out your scholarships? Even with the law, with the law doesn't, you, doesn't apply uh, for to... employment purposes, you don't. Yeah. So I mean, if, if all if of they a sudden... become employees, I would I would say that you don't. Now, where you know what what they're trying to do <clears throat> with the with the student athlete model is <clears throat> essentially that payroll. Uh, the 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 think think of the entire payroll quote payroll uh, in 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 quotes, and the payroll is uh, is all about everybody on scholarship in the athletics department right that's your rowing team that's your tennis players that's you know it's it's all of them and so they they are now part of the football payroll the football slash basketball payroll and and that's where they exist because they exist to justify the lower payroll for the rest of it correct so so that and and, and that's all they're oh, doing. by the way not, not most people would not agree with you on that even though you're absolutely correct yeah, I, I I think that is absolutely. I believe it. I've, I've yeah. said it if I don't, but uh, but I believe it. So um, so you know that that's you know flaw number you know big flaw number one in the model is uh, you know but but if you want to double talk your way through it, then that's the price you pay as as an institution. Now, so the question would be once you make put people on the payroll as employees now what you know what's that going to do to the rest of the model now are you going to say well we can't sorry we can't afford to have a softball team we can't you know (laughs) where are we going to go with it you know not many baseball teams make money baseball programs make money some in the south you know some of the floor i'm going to say the the volleyball program you're not going to fly them across the country male or female Uh, nope Nope. And, you know, once upon a time, and I don't know to, if this still exists in any form or not, uh, but once upon a time there was a consortium on the West Coast, in the western part of the United States, of schools and all of these, non quote, non-revenue sports uh, were part of that consortium. So they would exist outside of their conferences. And that included the Pac-12, I think it was the Pac-10 at the time. Um, but that included a, a whole lot of the major conference programs where they just said, uh, you know, we, we'll, we'll make a, a completely differently. We won't have, um, we won't have a league for, um, uh, for softball or for, for some of those sports. And, you know, that made a lot of sense, um, I, I think at the, at the time, and it would be similar to what college hockey looks like now, where you do have a you know conference like the Big Ten that has hockey, but for the most part, um, you you really don't. You have different hockey leagues that are you know completely outside of the typical conference struggle or structure, so that you have like Hockey East. Well, uh, you know one of the uh, powerhouse programs in hockey east is boston college boston college is a member of the acc acc doesn't have hockey so they can, they're free to go and set it up in in another well michigan before the big tens only had hockey for i'm going to say the last five years michigan they had to get they had to get the six teams to yeah. have a and conference they, and they didn't so notre dame to do that no they didn't they they needed okay. penn state to do that notre dame joined because 
you know, for two reasons. One is to uh, reduce travel expense, um, and uh, and they also because people weren't really interested in seeing them play uh, Massachusetts Lowell, so they were Kevin, was... found themselves having a hard time selling tickets. Whereas people were more very interested in seeing them play Michigan and Michigan State. Even even in our day, or I knew a lot of guys in the trading floor that were in club sports. Uh, they actually had a much better time uh, than people in regular sports. <laughs> so one guy, uh, Mike. That was like Mike, Mike Huffman was on the sailing team and the and on the uh, ski team from Dartmouth. He almost made the Olympics. And I, I used to ski with the guy. What, what an idiot I was! The guy, the guy never even turned. He just went about a million miles down there. And he said, "Are you ready?" As soon as you get down to him, and you're dying. And he's like, "You ready?" No, I'm not ready, <laughs> idiot. Uh, anyway, so but he uh, like how is the the uh, well lacrosse was a club sport where our buddy Joe Lepley played right. I just passed unfortunately. Um, no, or or the rugby team. They used to play John Carroll, and they'd play uh, Dayton. And I mean, who who organizes that stuff? Is it just is that what you're talking about? Like these uh, official kind of leagues? Uh, no, a- actually, as the clubs, I I think that there was some athletic department involvement in those club sports. Um, I, and I thought they had like a uh, an assistant AD just for club sports. Um, but yeah, scheduling. You know, the, first of all, the club's got to raise its own money, just like every other club yeah. in in uh, um, in the student life programs at, at colleges. And they used to drive um, themselves, right? And they, yeah, and they drive themselves over there. It was you know, it was definitely low budget. Um, but I I think you know the the structure was in place when we got there for rugby, and I'm sure it still is. Um, so I you know I I don't know how it came to be in the first place, but you know everybody knows who has rugby's and they say you know it, it is sort of the way college sports originally began. Let's get up a game and play the team up the road. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess I don't, I don't want to make this a sexist comment, but I don't know how else you can do it. Um, if the big schools decide to make the football and basketball, and probably the women's basketball team too. If they're all going to become employees, workman's camp, and go to this totally new model, uh, I don't see anybody that can possibly win, although it doesn't matter whether you mean, uh, whether what I think, uh, I don't see anybody saying that you got to give my daughter a swimming scholarship or, or something like that because you got to make it even. They're not going to make her an employee. Yeah, so it would, you know, it would be interesting to see how it all shakes out. Um, it, assuming that they go that way, and I, I think they're sort of careening towards it. I don't um, think they have a choice now. Yeah. So you know, as you as it goes, yeah, they're going to say, okay, these things are part of the student athlete model, and and other sports are part of the employment model. And until until they acknowledge that employment model, they're going to be stuck with whatever Title IX tells well, them they it, have to. Do. I think when I say I think they're stuck with it, real quick here. Uh, I, I think, Kevin, that if people are going to be getting paid by somebody, like this new quarterback, the, the, I mean, I don't know anything about his personal situation. I probably shouldn't. I'm assuming he's getting some NIL money from someplace. Yeah, I know he has a deal with um, Under Armour. Okay, so I'm saying if somebody brokered the deal and didn't, and didn't just, you know, him get the pure deal on his own, if somebody broke one of these combined things, like he's an offensive lineman or whatever, and he's going to get 100 grand from the pizza consortium. He's already somebody's employee, or or a 1099. He's either a 1099 or a W two. He's already somebody's. But the question is, is he going to be the university's or somebody else's? I think is is really the only question here, isn't it? 
Yeah, and you you have some coaches out there. Uh, most recently, Harbaugh was on the record with this, saying, "Well, we need to have some kind of collective bargaining agreement with them." Now, yeah, I would start asking questions like, "Who are you going to bargain with?" <laughs> you know, yeah. there there's not a players' association. There's not a, uh, and and every conference is different, and and so you got all kinds of logistical issues with that, and structural issues with that. How are you going to bargain with them? You're not the one paying them. But, you know, as soon as I hear coaches start talking about, you know, collective bargaining, what they're really saying is we need to raid this in because we're losing our leverage over the players. I, I, I bet <laughs> there's going to be people who I mean, take the uh, – uh, Russell's probably listening. Take, the, you know, the Brady Quinn group because he's the one guy I name him. And I don't know – I shouldn't really be saying about the guy because I don't know how exactly it's, it's playing out. But, I mean, why why isn't he – he gets a guy out of high school and, and he gets a bunch of stuff and he pays him. Why doesn't he broker the guy to Notre Dame or Indiana or Michigan or Michigan State? Why? What, what is it? What, I mean, why isn't he? Doesn't he become the essential arbiter of where these people go to school? Well, you're you're talking collectives, and uh, and to a great extent they are because yeah. these collectives have, have kind of an arm's length uh, relationship with the um, with the. Uh, uh, the schools, and so what they're doing is they're bidding against each other now for uh, for talent, for you know people to choose schools, and and that becomes part of it. But then you also you're starting to see more of the collectives that are really just dealing with you know it's it's sort of like a talent agency. Who can I sign? That's exactly my and who can exactly I get? Point. And and the White Sox actually have one, um, you know, where they uh, they hire uh, people in the summer who are generally either from a mid Western University in reach of where the White Sox are, or uh, or their Chicago natives. Yeah, and and they that. have a, a whole group of athletes who are involved, and and I actually think that that's you know some of them have transferred. Uh, I know Anaya Peoples, who played at Notre Dame and then transferred to DePaul, was involved in that uh, as an example. They they have uh, um, you know it's 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 a different and probably a much more legitimate type of structure more you know uh, something that is more reflective of how the real world works and uh, and i i think there's going to be more of that no wait, 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 wait. To... we got to go the real world has guns in people's bellies um well that's true uh, that's true and yet these are athletes who don't have yeah. that kind of uh fold of flap to hike their guns so uh, you know i don't know if, what you, you do if you're that, that big how do you fit in the seat or is that an improper question um, I think when you sit down, uh, you you run the risk of having the gun go off, which by, is sort of uh, what happened yeah. uh, by contact. You know what I bet happened? I bet when she dropped the big thing of cheese Doritos on her belly, it shut off the, <laughs> the, the nachos, <laughs> the, nachos. <laughs> the stadium nachos. Set <laughs> it off. Oh God! <laughs> on that note, Kevin, that's me. Futures down two seventy five. Days and futures down fifty. I'm trying to envision that down go the Doritos, out goes the bullet. Oh God! Be right back, socks and jocks. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? 
Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Okay, ramblers, let's get rambling. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, and welcome back to Stocks and Jacks. SP futures down two, NASDAQ futures down 12. It looks like we maybe are going to be heading to the upside again here today. We will see. It's three days in a row. Do we have the uh, professor? I'm here. What's are going you, on? Happy Wednesday. Yeah, happy Wednesday. I'm looking here about the uh, the hurricane. Uh Talking about dodging a bullet, uh, we're talking about bullets all morning, uh, or a bullet. Uh, Apparently, yeah. The uh, this thing, every everything, every storm in the Gulf now is going to be like a hurricane. The thing's so hot, but these guys, this thing is missing Tampa, missing St. Petersburg, and it's going into the, the lightly populated Big Bend region that has never had a hurricane hit before ever that anybody knows about. <sighs> That's kind of the the never hits. Uh, I guess is kind of the bad part because you got to assume they've been built. They, they haven't had their buildings washed away, so they're probably older buildings well, in that part of Florida. And they won't say, be there much longer. But they, hopefully, not, they're just a few of them. I'm not a big Florida creature. When they say lightly populated on the coast, even on the north, though, and this is like right near the Panhandle. I mean, is it? Oh, the Panhandle is freaking packed. That's where I used to go as a kid. Okay, well, this is right um, where the, right where the turn is. Is Big Bend Bay or something? Yeah, I, I it, for some reason there there's like this gap between that northern part and then when you get down to you know a little bit farther south. And I don't know why. I, I really I've, I've never even pondered it. Um, and you would think that hey, this is where none of the hurricanes come. We should all move there. But <laughs> that wouldn't have held up, would it? No, it's a. Well, I know. Uh, boy, I'm using that. man. Boy, am I going to use that as a tail risk event? Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm so using that one in class. Well, when, the, do you out. see the the, yep. the the right turn this thing made? And, and there's mm-hmm. a, there's another. I don't think it's a hurricane. Well, and but, you know, I, I want I want to I want to word parse you there for a second. You, you said we dodged a bullet or, or whatever. Uh, you know, are we really dodging? newer bullets or do they just hype these things so darn much that when they don't become the next Katrina that, that it's like whew oh they're definitely was, you know, when I say we, when I well, say it was we, a four this morning I mean it was a four yeah, uh, was a four. 50 well, miles well, off I, the coast I'm, I'm talking about I'm talking about in generalities and, and what really where I'm going with it is the one that was supposed to take out Los Angeles and ended up just being a pretty heavy rainfall uh, well, yeah. Well, I, I guess when That's, I I'm, when I say the yeah, we I, we uh, uh-huh. what I meant is not on the trading floor. Who's we? You got a mouse in your pocket. Uh, I, I'm saying Tampa uh-huh. Bay dodged it, uh-huh. and instead of going right yeah. up, right up, right up the chute into Tampa Bay, it 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 went further north into some place. I got to believe that the, the damage would be a lot worse in Tampa Bay than it's going to oh, be. Oh, I'm here. certain. I'm certain yeah. it would be. That's yeah. the bullet I'm talking about. But if it's heading right towards and, you, you and, didn't and dodge I, it. I, 
And I think not just that, but I think if it goes north, if it if it crossed, like if just crossed the state, I think it it's much worse than if it goes north and then just kind of burns itself out. Yeah, um, this one I think I lived I lived in Atlanta when a when a couple of them did that, and it was kind of an interesting evening to uh, yeah watch that th- watch those things come through. Well, there's something uh, you know when you look at these maps, I uh, there's there's something in the upper atmosphere, and I, I don't know what it is. I'm sure if we had a if we had your daughter here, she would be able to tell us exactly. Um, the, there, was a, there was a hurricane, maybe not quite a hurricane, out in the Atlantic. If you looked at the hurricane center, it looked like it was heading, heading right for central eastern Florida. And all of a sudden, the thing made this amazing right turn and is heading up to Bermuda, right up the middle of the ocean. Same thing as this one. They thought this one was hitting Panama City. It's nowhere near. The, the right turn is dramatic. There must be some huge high-pressure center or someplace that's driving, it, driving all these things uh Back toward the ocean, but I, I have it's a, a, it, it, the jet stream and El Nino it, are are El Nino. The, yeah, it's pushing. I guess yeah, that's right. So the jet stream would be pushing down. It is uh, from the northwest. Well, I had a, a friend uh, a long so time ago. Right. She yeah. uh, she's got to be retired by now, but she she used to work for the the Pritzker nursing homes care facilities whatever they did i don't know if they still do it, but they have a big operation of uh nursing homes or at least they did and uh they had a, one that was on the the gulf side of florida and the uh some hurricane was coming like right at it right so they spent all this mm-hmm. dough to, to pritzker's credit they spent all this dough and they got all these i guess sort of ambulance vans or something they, not every person was in an ambulance and they dragged all these people all the way across the state into one on the east coast, maybe 150 miles north. Damn it, if the thing didn't go north of the one they were trying to evacuate, and totally missed it, crossed the state, uh-huh. and ran right up the chute of the one where they sent everybody to. <laughs> you know, by that time it was just rain and, and not a lot of wind, but it shook a lot of these old people. It, it, it missed the one they were evacuating, it went right to the one they evacuated to. Aren't, aren't experts great? Yeah, and yeah. I and you know and 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 I'm one in in a yeah. very narrow area, but you know aren't 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 models just wonderful as well? It's just <laughs> that's what they are, models. Yeah, that's, I know that's what they and, and they're the models are are guesstimates. Well, you know you know who you sound like now. Yeah. You don't mean you're not going to pick uh, this one. A grumpy old man. Oh, oh absolutely, he was a grumpy old man. Yeah. Uh, when they talk about the odds for a game. Howard Cosell's mm-hmm. famous line: "That's why you play the game." Yeah, because the guy was, they were they were uh, they were underdogs. Howard, that's why you play the game, right? Uh, we, and we just went with the you know if everything turned out way the odds said they were going to turn out, it wouldn't be any fun. Yeah. So now you're going to tell us: Is this a uh, <clears throat> face ripping bear market rally, or does this mean everything's okay the last few days? Well, I'll say if somebody that, that's kind of short, it feels like a face ripping bear market rally. <laughs> yeah, um, but I was pretty relieved when you said we weren't up very much this morning. Um, yet, 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 I, yet, yeah. I just, uh, I don't think anything has really changed fundamentally to to justify that you know, stock suddenly starting to go back up. So that might be what it is. I don't uh, um, think I've asked you this question before, but I, but I, I will this time, and I may have if it's if it's, but I've asked you three times already. Tell me because I'm getting old. Uh, if I read this article, eh, two months ago, three months ago, 
and it was somebody writing an article about how we just came through, for lack of any definition, a depression during the COVID. And because of the Fed's actions, the market went straight up. They poured so much money in the mm-hmm. system, and you know, they basically did the Weimar Republic thing. Uh, so the guy says, everybody's looking for this, quote, recession. Things are slowing down. A lot of people are hurting. Inflation has impacted an awful lot of people. Your bond prices are going up. Everything there in front of you is, is leading you to believe that the current valuations in the stock market are, are unable to be sustained, meaning yeah. some sort of correction slash minor crash slash something. Yet he says, don't think it's going to happen because if everybody believes, and you, you could see that yesterday in the, in the jolt numbers and the, the, those kinds of things, everybody believes that the minute the, the economy turns down, that the, it's now a tale of two cities. The Fed is going to turn around, put money back in, just like they did with Silicon Bank, and the market is actually going to go up in a recession because of Fed action. Mm-hmm. Now, now it's, it's not going to be real because it's going to be, but you, you better be in it because it's the only way you're going to be able to keep pace with in, in inflation because that's what they're going to do. They're going to drive asset prices even higher because right now you're, the people that control the Fed are way more important than the Fed's mandate to the Fed. In other words, the rich people who control the Fed are way more important yep. to them now, I, I read that. I almost kind of tossed it away, saying even with my conspiratorial mind, it's way too far off the edge. I'm not so sure he's wrong, Russell. I, I'm not so sure he's wrong. To be honest with you. Well, uh, I, I don't necessarily know if it's uh, you know the rich people that control the Fed, um, but the the people that control the Fed expect the Fed to behave in a certain way, you know, and you no, know, if it. If, so they do have to stick with that mandate, mandate in the way that they're supposed to behave. Well, they, have, they haven't done what, that for what years. They're supposed to be doing. They haven't done that for years. Well, you mean when they go when they go off mandate and they do things like keep the economy going because we've got a pandemic going? Well, I mean, we, we, but, we did, but did they really? I mean, what they did is they they, they printed a bunch of money and sent it to people. And now, the, I mean, do you think anybody who got the three thousand dollar check thinks he he made out on the deal? Given what the oh, I don't price. think that I, in the long run they didn't make out on the deal, but in the short run they were able to um, pay some bills, go to the grocery store, and things like that. I can't disagree with that. I I don't know if yeah, just, I mean, just uh, and, and and honestly, and honestly, I think um, I, I was watching. Um, I was I was I, I don't know if you've talked about it at all on the on on the show, but I was watching um, um, the the documentary they have out there about that made up high school and one of the things that they had the players do for the made up high school was apply for um covid relief funds oh god <laughs> loans yeah so uh, i think part of the problem with the the covid money is it didn't it, uh, it it's more of did the guy that got the 3000 bucks that they do what we hope they would do with it or did they you know piss it away on online gambling because they were bored during the COVID thing. Well, you know what, uh, Russell, yeah. I would... I would. I think I think that's part of the problem is we they pumped so much money into the system so that some of it might be used for what they were hoping it would be used for. By the way, just as I and, mentioned, mentioned here, U.S. job growth sh- slowed sharply to 177,000 in August and we've popped higher in this, in this booth. This, this bad news, good news yeah. thing is, is, ner- is making me very nervous. It, it, yeah, bad, no, bad news has become good news. But here's here's yeah, my we, uh, we, here's my because uh, because I didn't I didn't consider what they said in Jackson Hole as being 
uh, particularly positive. No. Well, I, you know, but but that's what everybody's been attributing uh, the rally of the stock market to. What if what if you and I had two days where we didn't have to do anything, and we had some of your peeps? I don't have enough peeps. Had some of your peeps, and like you said, the the checks help people make, let's say, a mortgage payment or two. Okay, and now, uh-huh. well, f- and and help some businesses stay in business, and and did those kinds of things. Uh, I don't think there's any kind of question about that. Um, however, in in the end, um, let's put it this way: there's a bi- there's a bifurcation here, and just a question, Russell. Well, I'm starting to get like uh-huh. George Stigler. Oh, I'm not going to get a Nobel Prize. The checks are one thing. How the checks got here is quite another. If they would have had some surplus to pay from, I'm going to say the checks would be a terrific idea. If they if they borrowed the money, uh, the uh-huh. checks would be a, a, an, a good idea. If they put a a five percent search, and I'm not everybody knows I'm not up for taxes. If you put a five percent or ten percent surcharge, that six months or that year on the people that actually were making money, if you did that and sent them, I might roll with you. But the idea of just printing them, but I'm going to say if you if we were to take, we're not going to do this, we're too old. we got to get our peeps to it. Uh, trace a person who got this $3,000 check and said, okay, he's able to make two mortgage payments that he wouldn't have otherwise. That's a good thing. But now, yeah. now here we are. Now, if it's his house went up in price, then I guess he's probably okay because he's still in there. But now, but now, if 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 it, say it was a rent payment, and now the person wants to buy a house, and now the house is thirty five percent higher than it was four years ago. Now, did or you, did or they or their their rent has gone up tremendously as well. Right, it so, could happen both yeah. ways. So I mean, know. now the question yeah. is, if you wouldn't have sent it to them, would they have managed? If if nobody in the building could pay the rent, would the owner have cut people some slack and they could catch up anyway? I mean, I don't know I, what the alternative world would have been like. I just know that you you and I probably, as economists that don't agree on everything, would say that just plain printing money and sending people a check is never a solution for anything. I, I would say. I mean, maybe this time, possibly, but there, there had to be another way to get the money, a legitimate way. In my, it's, I guess that's where I'm coming from on this. The check wasn't a bad idea. It's how you got the check. Yeah, and and again, not just and I don't think I think it goes beyond um, where the money came from for the check. Um, I feel like the the way the checks were distributed uh, just you know resulted in the money going to a lot of places that that didn't help anything. But if I were if I were to tell you, here's Russell. Here's three. Yeah, go ahead. I I was just and and and, uh, I was just kind of thinking through well. What if they hadn't done that? Well, you know, what was the summer of 2020 like anyway? Yeah, bad. You know, they, I mean, it was kind of a mess. Can you imagine if at the same time people were being evicted from their homes? I mean, it, 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 we may be paying a bad price right now, but if they had done nothing back then, uh, goodness knows how bad things could have gotten. I, I, don't, I don't disagree with that. As I'm saying, you know? it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough yeah. argument to have, but it comes down to, Okay, here's here's three grand for a car to everybody. Okay, and you walk in the dealership, you didn't do me any good. The car is now three grand more, but yeah, but that's okay. Now you have a down payment. Borrow the rest. We, it, it, it one thing leads to another, leads to another. I guess is what you know yeah. what we're talking about. And how do you know 
with the right th- when when they sent the checks out i'm going to say i was all for it and it probably still am i'm like you but now at the end of it when we didn't do any borrowing we didn't do any we just plain printed it I, i'm never for that because it because i know what yeah. the, the, the repercussions are right and uh, we're in the middle of the repercussions yeah. and i don't think the repercussion and, and that has not righted itself i just got a six so. percent raise in my gas bill last month that's year and a half after these buffoons are saying the inflation is going down the rate of inflation is going down There's a certain, yeah. and I'm going to say that, that no matter what happens if these guys put us in a depression that, that, that gas bill is never going back down that point at 6% <laughs> I, I, I think that is one that the expert can predict correctly yeah I mean, and, and I think our people have to be you know, it's funny Russell I mean uh, the uh, one of the themes of the show, it's kind of the dumbest theme ever, is every subject is kind of the same subject, you know, when people are involved. <laughs> I, uh, I, we, we, I look at the Supreme Court decision on the NIL thing, and on the face of it, mm-hmm. it made some sense. Why should people be making money on other people's likenesses? How can they own your likeness? I get it. But th- there, th- there, there was a lot of boulders behind that door, and as soon as you open the door, you don't just let one boulder in. <laughs> you let them all in, mm-hmm. right? And now, are, are the Supreme Court happy where, where this is going after that decision, which I'm going to say was the correct decision? I don't know. I can't see how they how they could be. I mean, I mean. I doubt, honestly, I doubt they care. They, or they don't care. Yeah, they don't care. Yeah. Um, you know, they're clearly not about to reverse the Major League Baseball decision of years ago that it's not interstate commerce. You would think, how could you leave leave that decision sitting on the wall in there? I mean, really? Uh, I mean. Uh, some, the, well, you know, something has to come. Something has to come up. And, I, I know the procedure yeah. of it is, yeah. but it's so yeah, yeah. obvious. And, every, and I don't. Yeah. And, I, and I'm just trying to think. When you said that, I'm like, all right. Well, who who's gonna who's gonna be the one that brings that one up? Maybe maybe you and I can. That'll that'll get us a ticket to Washington. Well, but I mean, uh, we're, are we gonna fight Major League Baseball? Who's who's who, God knows how much they're gonna pay off all these people. I mean, to think that these guys are not influences hmm. is. I mean, I, it's it's hard to break. Well, I guess what I'm trying to get to is. There, there's a principle involved, but you also have to look at wh- what you're dealing with. I mean, we, we've got the, the the country now. What would you say? Uh, what percentage of the economy would you say was is either a a total monopoly, meaning utilities and so forth, uh, some sort of a duopoly, oligopoly, cartel like the airlines or the or the railroads or something it's got to be oh, well over 50 percent of the economy oh the gosh economy. I, yeah. gosh i was gonna get i was gonna guess 90 it's 90 percent of the company or country is yeah. or 80 or something pick a number is not free enterprise or it's not competitive so yeah w- when you make these kinds of mistakes when i say the fed makes a mistake you're not talking about an inflationary number where if you pour money into the system the barbers are going to charge more, and you pull it back out. The barbers are going to charge less. It's not the way we're set up, are we? Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't go down. It just no. goes up more slowly. Yeah. So or, I mean, I, or or maybe stays flat. So the, the the economic tools yeah. they're using essentially get worse by the year. And you and I are economists. Well, you are. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a half-ass economist. Uh, I mean, you, you must know that when you work this stuff through, like utilities and stuff, it's never coming back. Right, and your car prices oh, yeah. are never no, coming. And they down. know that. I mean, that's that's the and and they want, but you know that that's what all the theories tell them. You're, it's supposed to happen. Yeah, but the, the, it's it's just the rate that it right because if 
you don't have any inflation at all, um, you know, people, nobody will buy stuff because they don't have, because, you know, they, they can wait until tomorrow and there's, there's no, you know, there, there's not that potential higher price um, scenario in front of them. Although, I, I'd love to know what percentage of, of the average American's budget goes to things that they have to pay for regardless. And I'm talking about like food or like your gas bill, things like that. Well, there's electric bill. I mean, I guess you could turn your air conditioner off, but uh, still, you I mean, know, the, the, you know, the, those pri- those prices are going to go up, and you know, and, and you have to pay them. And, uh, I well, mean, there are there are things you could do. You could you know turn the thermostat up to 75, or yeah, yeah. I I understand there are behavioral changes you can make, but at the end of the day, you, these are things that you have to shell out money for. Well, and, getting and, to and from work, eating. Yeah, you know, and those probably, uh, and but and, and the reason I'm I'm poking that bear right there about uh, the things that you have to spend money on, uh, you know, if, if if the whole idea behind inflation is, is to you know spur to you know make sure people are consuming on a consistent basis today because prices might might go up tomorrow, I mean, how much of of our economy is based on that? Well, I hope not much. But you, you yeah, might, uh, not all, not much at, not much at all. Yeah, especially uh, when you you loop back around to what you just said with, with respect to uh, so much of the economy being controlled. But it, it's just not market forces. Right. So if I if I go out say tomorrow night with my guys, which you're always invited, uh, instead of having my two glasses of wine, should I have four because I think they're going up next week? I don't think I should exactly. do that. You, I, mean, I don't think I, I, don't think I want to do that. This, there's just this non-discretionary component of um, and and of, of people's lives, and I think the majority of people, um, their month-to-month expenses, they've got no choice. Right. I need a car to get to and from work. I got to pay rent. I got to you know I got to put some clothes. Got to buy some clothes for my kids. All that kind of stuff. Well, what do you? Uh Make of I don't know if you ever get a chance to listen on Friday. What do you make of a lot of what Carl talks about? You know, not every week, but once in a while, is that the, uh, the 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 social? I'll use the term cost, and when I say cost, it doesn't mean good or bad. It just it's it's a cost. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you the, the weird part is, is Carl talks about all this stuff, and Nancy talks about mortgages, and Audrey talks about house prices and so forth, and you and I talk about economic theory, and it it is scary how they all come together and. Like mm-hmm. Carl was saying, back in the when this all started in the '80s, or actually '68, and then you know through 2000, where you know sneakily they've been increasing the money supply, you know five, six, eight percent a year when growth has been three. So you really have had a five percent inflation kind of per year. If you ever mm-hmm. put a real number towards, especially uh, hospitalization or medical care, there's no question. That stuff has been creeping. I mean, you look at uh, higher education, the automobiles, look at houses. I mean, the numbers don't come close to the CPI stuff. I mean, I say this too much, but the the, the safety valve, according to Carl, was the, the the social social safety valve at the time was two income households. You went from a one income household mm-hmm. to two, with all the ancillary costs of maybe a parent's not home, maybe the kids are bigger bleeps than they normally are. You know, I'm not saying a lot of single parent, a lot of families work this out to where the kids are tremendous. 
But by and large, when somebody's not around, kids are going to be kids. Duh. We all were one yeah. once. Um, now, not saying you can't cover it, not saying that, but it, it's caused all kinds of things in schools, psychology, after-school programs. This kid's, this kid's acting out. Oh, by the way, now he's on drugs, or he or she. I mean, there, there are all kinds of costs. And I'm not saying the woman should stay home or the guy. I'm saying there's all kinds of costs involved with mm-hmm. both, both parents working, not to mention two cars instead of one. Uh, everybody has to have a wardrobe to go to work in. I mean, there's, there's all kinds mm-hmm. of stuff that happens, all right? Now, the question is, and Carl's point is, we're now at the end of that rope to where most mortgages, and Audrey and, and Nancy were talking this week and last, this, you and I have talked a bunch of times regarding the people who have the jobs and have the houses with the 3 3.5% mortgage. If nothing happens and we, and we grow out of it in five years, we'll have, I'll use the term again, we'll, do, we'll have dodged another bullet. Everything will be fine. Okay, if. But now, is there going to be a crack? Now, the, the, the danger is if one person loses their job and not two, you know, you can't carry the place. And now in the last two weeks, mm-hmm. both Audrey and Nancy have had issues where layoffs or potential layoffs of one of the people has sent these people into a total disarray. Now, if I sell this place and downsize, well, if I sell, sell this place and buy a place for, you know, three-fifths of the cost, my mortgage is the same thing. The, the, mm-hmm. the, the potential here, you and I have talked about, is dramatic because we're at the edge. It's not like I got laid off, the wife can go to work, or she got laid off, and I, because you're both working, right? And, and, and unless we, somebody drops down to a, you know, some sort of a, if, if I all of a sudden start, you know, walking dogs four times a day to, to cover at least something to where she can now carry the mortgage without me working somewhere in there, but there, there's, there's we're, we're, the rubber band is pretty well stretched. I think is what I'm saying. There's no. Oh yeah. I mean, no. Nancy last few weeks ago she was talking about one of her clients, CPA Russell. Uh, I don't know if the wife or the husband was a CPA, but they they both work full time, and now one of them is doing uh, taxes Saturday and Sunday from Christmas to April 15th. So they're essentially now two and a half jobs in the house. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't stretch. We're at the point, I don't think you can stretch the average person anymore here. I, I really don't, without something seriously bad happening. But it hasn't happened yet, and I hope it doesn't. But can, is there a chance we can... Oh, you don't, you don't think it's already kind of happening? Uh, to some well, to some people, sure. It's going to break, though. SP yeah. Futures up 5, NASDAQ Futures up 29. All it took was a piece of bad news in your short position, like mine. Russell ain't doing ow. so hot. Yeah, ow. Uh, be right back. Stacks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is $7.99 
find on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it is time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Welcome back, Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tim Greg Pappas on the board. SP Futures up 575. NASA Futures up 29. We just popped here the uh, GDP number, second quarter GDP. Uh, <laughs> God. Uh, they decide uh, it's 2.1% versus 2.4, so growth is less. And they dropped the PCE price index down to 2.5 versus 2.6, which I don't believe at all. But the so that's a, that's the second uh, thing this morning. The growth is slowing, so the market's going up. That's that's what we're that's what we're doing today. That's what we're talking about. Uh, Dax down 22.1 percent. FTSE up 29.4 percent. CAC around down one. Call that flat. So I'm going to say Europe is slightly to the upside because uh, uh, FTSE's up more than the other guys are down. Bernasia, kneecap 106.3 percent. Hang Seng. Down a buck, Chuck. Uh, so we'll call that one flat. Shanghai up a buck, Chuck. Uh, we'll call that one flat. So virtually nothing going on over in the Asian markets, which is very rare. Yesterday, huge rally. Dow up 292, S&P up 64, Nasdaq up 238. We have bonds uh, unchanged at 4.12. The Bund up four basis points, 2.54. Japan unchanged, 0.65. We've got oil. Uh, rallying again today, 81.63 up 47 cents. So it's not only blew through 80 this week, it blew through pretty good. And we're only on uh, Wednesday. Uh, Brent up 39 cents, 85.88. Natural gas up 3 cents, 269. Our Bob unchanged, 279. But gold, which had a big rally yesterday, is now up three three bucks today, 1968. Sorry, silver was down 13 cents. Now it's only down four, 25.09. Every time it gets over 25, it gets whacked like a whack-a-mole commercial. But uh, maybe this time it won't. But it has come down every time it's been here uh, for in recent memory. Copper down, by the way, don't trade on that because it'll be the one time it goes through. And I'm long silver, just so everybody knows it. Uh, copper down two cents, uh, 377. We've got crypto down 506. We had a huge rally yesterday. 27,390 is, is now you're going to be able to buy a ETF with Bitcoin. What could, what could be more dangerous than that? A little margin on that? Throw some I, I, IRAs, let's, let's just get it all done. Uh, Euro uh, and, the, and the British pound are both up. The euro is back up to 109. Dollar is down. Obviously, if these guys are up, the British pound is up to 127. So the the, the strength of the dollar that was there last week is all gone. We're right back where we started. Uh, interesting on that. Greg, what do you talk? A lot of stuff here. What do you got for us? Traffic, weather, sports, Cubs. Back in it. 
back in it. Good morning everyone, 7.36 a.m. Chicago 59 degrees right now, expect about 67 today. Sunny in Phoenix, 93 right now. We've got a heat warning today, it's about gonna, uh, goes up to about 110. Possible showers later also. Florida, we've got a Dahlia landing between Tallahassee and Gainesville. It's category three, about 125 mile an hour winds right now. Traffic, Chicago, Montrose to interchange is 45 minutes. Everything Kennedy, Edens, and Eisenhower is slow. Um, 74 minutes on the Edens. Eisenhower is 55 minutes from Wolf to the interchange. The Ryan, 95th to the interchange is 30 minutes. Stevenson, 294 to the Ryan is 48 minutes in the Bishop Ford. I-80 to the interchange is 26 minutes. Sports, we got the White Sox losing in Baltimore. That was 3-9. Diamondbacks lose to the Dodgers, 1-9. And Cubs win, 1-0 at Milwaukee's nine-game win streak. We got the game today to settle the 1-1 series. So I got Chief. You think the Sox players are counting the days? I think they're collecting a paycheck. Yeah, well, it's uh, still... You can count they're, the they're, calling, they're, they're calling and getting their cable turned back on and yeah. looking forward to the offseason. Absolutely. So, Russell, if we did so, a report to the asteroid, an asteroid's heading right for New York, how much is the market up? Because we got to put money in to save, save the market. They that's have. right. <laughs> All we need is more liquidity in the marketplace to make that asteroid take far a quick right. Do you, uh, do, you do a lot of... Uh, Currency theory with your class, or do you guys? It's not really in the business it's school. Not really, and honestly, man, it is my, my weakest area. It, w- it was mine too. I know, I, that, I know that. I know that makes great radio when I say that. But um, it's kind of. I'm. I'm now commuting back and forth with another uh, another professor who lives in the western suburbs, and that's the one thing that we both that, that both of us are like. I just hate teaching the currency stuff. Uh, I was and and honestly, I think it's because I had a really bad international finance teacher in college, or international economics, or whatever. Um, I really, I think that I, I really think it goes all the way back to I was confused when I took it then, and, and it's just never gotten straightened out in my brain. Uh, most of the class in Chicago with the Notre Dame uh, education, which is more like a military school than a regular school, uh, I was pretty good at just mm-hmm. about everything, but. In international class, I was I was the dunce for quite a while because uh, all these they had probably ten guys in there who were from Europe, and they knew that. Yeah, stuff. and they and, and and they lived that. Stuff. Yeah, they lived. They, they, you know, they knew it uh, backwards and forwards. Yeah, and the guy basically I mean, skipped the first ten chapters because these guys answered all the questions and they knew exactly what he was talking about. This happens at this one bank. What about this other bank? And he's naming these French banks I never heard of, and I'm sitting there going, I don't know what these guys. It's a, it's a different language. You don't learn a lot about mm-hmm. currency stuff in Chicago when you're growing up. Just no, no. not it, at all. But it no. is, it is, it is fascinating. Or, or, in, or in Memphis, Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, or in Memphis. You got your dollar in your yeah. pocket, and you're and you're happy with that. But if you know, yeah. if, if you drop the bomb on a lot of people, let's say your your price of your car has not really gone. Your value of your car has not gone up, nor is the market, nor is your house. It's the value of the dollar has gone down. They look at you like you just landed from Mars. Yeah. It, that's exactly what it's happened. Gotta, it, it's got to be one or the other. Yeah. But you know, but your it, greenback it, it, is, it's the same reason the government can get away with somebody having a million dollars in the bank four years ago, and now his million dollars is worth 600000 and doesn't even realize he or she's been fleeced. It's inflation. Not yet. Not yet. They, they, the, yeah, when, 
when they thought that million dollars was going to last them to 85 and they're 79 and, and they, they start to see a light at the end of the tunnel, they, they've got a problem. Yeah, it's, a, it's you know, a lot of this stuff is, is, it turns into very social issues, but like you say, Russell, it's uneven. Some people make out like a bandit on a deal and some don't. Uh, yeah. So, a, hey, I'm a, I want to I want to lighten stuff for a yes. second. Yes. And, and you, you mentioned daughter. Um, so you know, I, I think you, you know. I've, I've sent my my oldest off to uh, George Washington to GW. She's going to be our girl in Washington if we ever really want to get her on here. She's the one. Um, she's the one who came in, right? Yeah, she's the one that came in. What a, she's, what a she's sweet girl. Ma- she's majoring in political communication. Uh, I think you should. I honestly, I think she should just take this spot for me. Why doesn't there are things that she's working on that that. She signed NDAs and stuff, and I can't even, you know, that's all I can say. Um, she's like, she's gotten these really great internships off that. But you, you're not, I know this one's going to fly a little bit over your head. I'm, I'm hoping it doesn't, but um, I think one, a father's, one of a father's worst nightmares is um, waking up to a bunch of texts that say, your daughter is on Barstool George Washington this morning. Bar, what is that? Bars, bar, Uh-oh. Well, Barstool, Barstool is like, yeah, you know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, uh, it, it basically, uh, Barstool Sports gets uh, a rep or two to be their Instagram at different schools. Ah. And so, like, you know, I follow Barstool's Indiana, and I, I don't think I've ever seen any of my students on there. Uh, but, and typically, it's, you know, girls doing keg stands and wiping out and, you know, stuff like that. You know, over-inviting is, a, is an awful lot of it. Um, or, you know, big parties, things like that. Well, my daughter gets on there because the uh, doorknob fell off the bathroom and she had to call campus police. Uh, you got to be kidding me. That's you know? not bad. Yeah, no, not bad. I am not. But, but that, 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 that's the Rhodes girls. Um, that's right. Right there. Yeah. Oh, no, no, it, it, I, I sleep well at night knowing that. So what is Chapter 1 in political uh, communications, the, the big lie by Adolf Hitler? What's Chapter 1? I, no, nah, she's a, I, I, I haven't even looked at the book she's learning out of yet. I need to. Um, but I, I, this is terrible, man. I, I know my daughter was on Barstool GW. I don't really know what classes she's taking this semester. Well, the, at least the picture was <laughs> at least the picture wasn't of her on a bar stool. I know. So that's um. Or would it be like her head yeah, down I, on a bar I, I just, or something? I, I realize what a bad father I am right now. God, I can I can talk about her being on Instagram, but I can't tell you what class she's in. I'm the problem. It's not the next generation; it's the parents. Um. Well, I guess. But they, you know what? I, I've met her. I'm going to say that I she's going to be know. fine, and yeah. I'd, I'd be more worried if the barstool George Washington had a picture of her in a barstool or head on the bar or something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. no way that 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 ain't happening. Uh, uh, in fact, she, uh, I'm a poor kid, she's going to kill me for this one. Um, she asked, um, she was apparently people go on the roof of her dorm to smoke, and uh, somebody she asked me what the water thing was that somebody was smoking out of. She didn't know what a bong was. Well, it's not a bung; it's a water pipe, or what? Whatever. Yeah, you know what I mean. She didn't know that was. That, she didn't know that's what they were using. We had all that stuff in our room. None of it was mine, but uh, I know. Yeah. Uh, we had. I mean, I'm. 
It's I like, had I had to hide all the accessories after my accident before my my wife showed up to take me home. Oh God! One of the guys I'm kidding, kidding. One of, one of these guys at one of the parties claimed he invented the supercharger. You know what a supercharger is? No. A car supercharger? No, for for dope. No. Oh. No. Well, this is back when dope oh. was not as strong as it is now. But the, the, the guy gets a he gets a a test tube, you know, maybe inch and a half test tube inch or something from the place and he digs a little hole in the top where you could light your J and put the, the hole in the, in the uh, put it in the top, right? So it's sitting there, lit. So you put your hand over the end and you, you suck on it big time. So you essentially s- smoke the whole J into the tube. Then you pull your yeah. hand off the end and, and ingest the entire J in one breath. Hence the name Supercharger. I of course never came Whoa. near that thing, but <laughs> that seems it was a little. It was you know you might as well just. Well, it's sort of like chugging the, the whole done the whole thing. It's like chugging the whole bottle of booze rather than having three drinks type of thing. It's sort of the same principle. Let's get it going. Yeah, it's like shotgun. It's like shotgunning a beer. Yeah, yeah. But which uh, which I I could actually master uh, both in the same thirty second period. You know we were uh, our group <laughs> probably drank more than anybody. We had more kegs. First weekend we were there, we bought a one of those red water-filled Coke coolers. They could actually put we could put two yeah. kegs in there. This is our first freshman our first freshman weekend. We bought the damn thing for twenty bucks. Now, I I don't think we ever had anybody do any kind of binge stuff like that. We never had anybody go to the infirmary. I mean, we had people that were trashed, but I never had any yeah. of that. Never had any of that stuff. I mean, we'd we'd be drinking, watching a game, drinking, having a party. The idea of just you know shooting down a bunch of stuff to see how sick he'd make yourself. We we never did that. Man, I don't wonder when did that become popular. What's the point? I love well, to drink, but who I, wants to I, be drunk? I really, I I mean, you know, you you mentioned the 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 THC content of of the weed that we used to you know that, that we used to be presented with, um, which was a lot weaker than it is yeah. now. You know, I I was sharing stories about this stuff. Uh, with somebody yesterday who will remain nameless, and uh, they they said you know, back in back in college they took one hit off of a bong, and this is somebody that's in their mid forties, and it hit them so hard uh, they went they were in the fetal after one hit they were well, in the fetal position in their dorm room. That's not, that's um, not THC. That's laced with something. I'm stuff, stuff, you know what? Yeah, probably. But if, if that was reaction to normal stuff. A hit off of a bong today would have killed her. Yeah, well, well, well. you know, because and where I'm going with that is the 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 ability, our, our ability to really screw ourselves up. We've evolved in that ability since you and I were in college. Well, you, you know, we I think the most severe thing we were doing was like funneling beer. It's outpaced inflation too. Yeah. yeah well. Oh, I'm sure. I'm. I certainly outplaced inflation, but I think. Um, I, I think there's a lot more, uh, you know, hitting the brown liquor now than there was with us back then. We we never we never did chats. None of that stuff. We did, yeah. See, that's the thing is, I think there there's this concerted effort. And did you ever? Did you you know, did you ever plan the evening that I'm going to go get blackout drunk? Uh, no. We always we always I did think, something to I do think, something. Think, right? Yep. Well, plus these yeah, some of these well, girls. I mean, like, I mean, it's not it's, this is not a sexist comment, but when I see some girl doing three or four shots and she's a hundred pounds, I'm going, 
know. Don't you I know the chemistry of this? People. I'm I'm way more yeah. than that, and I wouldn't I wouldn't be, begin to anyway. So, yeah. uh, no, Russell, no, my point is, I think I think I I think the motivations behind drinking are different than back when we were in college. We just kind of did it and didn't think much of it. I I think some people now treat it like some sort of competition. Oh uh, yeah, and that's why and that's why it, that, that's all. If so, some is good, uh, more isn't necessarily better. Just saying. Exactly. All right, we've exactly. so uh, I'm going to say you're the professor. We'll shift back to the market here mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. Would you ever would have guessed that a, a downside trigger would have been a? Of course, we forgot about it now. Uh, was a de, uh, downgrade of the U.S. Treasury, and would you ever think an upgrade an up uptick trigger is going to be people being able to buy Bitcoin easier? Um, but I guess how, how how are we? You and I have talked for now several weeks. Is there a way out for the economy? Can we get out of this with all hands in the boat, not rocking the boat? I think the answer is yes, it's possible. Is is there a chance that we all of a sudden run into a wall and we do a hopefully not another 87? I'm still still remembering that one. Uh, are we going to have some kind of a, oh, no, Walmart's really not worth 25 times earnings or NVIDIA worth a gazillion times earnings. They're worth two-thirds of that. And one day we walk in and Walmart's 100 instead of 160. At an 18 or 17 times earnings, which you know, wouldn't be all that mm-hmm. historically messed up. How are we going to know which of the outcomes is going to happen here? Uh, or they continue to pump money in, and the market goes up another 20 percent next year, and leaves the rest of the economy, you know, even further in the dust. But they don't even know what happened to them. Uh, no, yeah, that, yeah. I, you, you, the, the choice you just uh, you threw out there, that third one, is I think. Uh, the the most likely outcome <laughs> that it keeps getting pushed down, and I I don't know how long that that, that can happen. It seems like it's been happening for a long time already, you know. And maybe that maybe the belief is this is just how you know this will be the way that we can go about managing the economy. Well, if if I went on CNBC tomorrow, which I won't, the first thing anybody's going to say that I would say to me if I was trying to be you know basically an ass and and, and and turn around my being an ass, is I'm going to say, okay, all this stuff's supposed to happen, and why hasn't it happened? We're up again today. What's the matter with you? I mean, so yeah. whatever, whatever you're talking... And yet, you know, uh, you know, if you know there's a cliff on, a, on the path from here to Oregon, until you fall over it, it's not there, right? I don't... No. I mean, I, I don't know... I, I think the Fed's at the point where they can't put much more money in without, without the inflation going too much higher. We're starting it mm-hmm. over again, and I don't know that the population... Is is getting more and more pissed off by the day on on what they're paying for stuff, and they see their 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 uh, lifestyle going down really by the month. A lot of people do, not mm-hmm. everybody, but a lot of people do. Uh, some people now have been able to get some raises. Other people probably haven't. Uh, some people have really gouged people. Like if you get into the home improvement business, I mean, if you don't get the right guy, you're six grand for a, for a, you know for a sliding glass door. I mean. If, I mean, or, or ten or fifteen or whatever. They, so some people have been able to really stick people and, and manage to stay ahead. But I mean, how are you and I as investors going to figure out? I'm, I'm giving up on the fact that I'm going to. If it goes sour, I'm going to figure out the day before it actually goes sour. I'm giving up on that after all these years. I just won't get the memo. I mean, you might. But what what, what is our trigger going to be to say, okay, to stay long, which I am for a lot of people, uh, buy even mm-hmm. more. Or <clears throat> Katie bar the door. Get rid of everything and buy puts. How, what's gonna? What's 
is there a trigger that we should be watching for? I I personally think that we're, we'll get an inflation surprise. Well, are they going to tell us? That, we, we've we've got the surprise. Well, no, I'm just I, not I telling mean, you. I think I think I think we're going to get an inflation surprise, and, and it will be, um, and and it won't you won't be able to manipulate number, numbers to cover it up. Um, but so I I think there's a second there's a second round of inflation coming, and you, and you you said what what's the trigger that that'll and it's going to be something in one of those economic numbers that makes it apparent that, you know, that inflation has not been. We, that we didn't whip inflation. Uh-oh, you're showing your age. I know I'm showing my age. Who was that? Do what? Who was that? Oh, that was, that was Ford, wasn't it? No, well, it was Ford, but if you talk to any Republican, Carter, uh-huh. caught, Carter caused the inflation. And I said, what about whip inflation now? Uh, and what about yeah. the, what about oh, the wage know. and price I, I, control? It was, yeah. it was both of them. Yeah. Well, the, I think the problem with the cart with one of the problems with Carter was he wanted to do a bunch of nice to haves instead of, um, and I think that's a problem that with what we've got going on right now as well. Uh, you have something called the Inflation You Know Reduction Act, which is really nothing more than pumping a bunch of money into renewable energy and things like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, it's not even not even what it says it is. And I think that that's what what Carter did as well is is instead of doing the hard stuff, you know, I think I, I did he not have a Christmas tree like a Christmas a Christmas tree with lights on at the White House or something he, he like did, that. He did something because, really weird, yeah. Something really we saved that energy yeah, or like because of the energy crisis. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I understand putting solar panels on the White House, but you know what I mean. So yeah, I mean it was. I don't know. It was, I I I don't. I I feel like sometimes the the eye is not on the ball that it should be on. What? Uh, and that's that's the situation that we're in right now. Well, when you that, say that, an inflation uh, spike, uh, I'm, I'm I'm not trying to make you a conspiracy theorist, even though I guess I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you say that, is all of a sudden the PCE that they lowered last year, which is incredible. The two point five percent. I don't know who's got that. Uh, are they going to come clean and say we're adjusting that to seven, or is it going to be you and I somehow, or people like us, if there are any people like us, all of a sudden paying for a column in the Wall Street Journal and saying, by the way, here's the inflation of the last five, seven, twenty years that the crap that they've been feeding us, and here's what it really is. And, and, and houses and this thing. is it going to be a revelation from outside of the system or all of a sudden are they going to come clean I, I can't believe they're going to come clean um, no, it's not, it, from outside of the system it'd be like shouting in a you know shouting in a forest well I mean the, nobody around in 1982 you know, it, the, it, would, it would be because nobody nobody's going to pay attention to that they're well, just not well I mean uh, the but, but, but the the overall macro market where you know, and the folks that are controlling all of the flows of funds every day based on the information in front of them, it's going to take one of those big numbers that that gets people to start to panic a bit. What makes you think? And that's what ended up yeah. making the move. I, you know, if if I, you know, if I were still in a hedge fund and I was covering tech stocks and I did a whole bunch of channel checks and figured out that. You know, nobody's buying. La- nobody bought back to school laptops this year, but it hadn't shown up in you know the Hewlett Packard numbers yet. Right. Um, that you know that. So what's going to be the catalyst that makes the market move? 
that I figured it out and put some trades on or that they release bad numbers. So when you were saying, you know, that, that you know, outside of the systems, it gets figured out, that's great, but it's going to have to be something within the system that makes it apparent to everybody to get the to get the market to go in the right direction. I mean, I, I'm, I'm with you. By the way, I'm trying yeah. my best I can to agree with you that that's probably what's going to happen. It's going to be a number that you and I don't even wouldn't even imagine the number, but I just, I, I think, well, you know, I can't wait to talk to your daughter after one year of being there. When, when, <laughs> when you're talking about since 2020, these guys have had medical stuff being 77% of the economy when it's been 1920 and is now 21 or something. I don't, I mean, we, we believe to the point where uh, the median person makes what, 40 grand a year? That's three nights stay at, yeah. at, at Northwestern. I mean, it's gotten to the point where it's running people over like a bus. And we're, we, still oh, yeah. don't, we still don't yeah. notice it. There's still, no, there's still nobody that says, hey, look, you idiots. I, mean, I can't imagine after 23 years or, or even longer that somebody in government decides, wow, this is wrong. Let's, let's put medical back up at 21 where it ought to be. And by the way, revise the numbers. I can't see that happening. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be a jockey in the fourth race today before that happens. <laughs> right. I mean. Yeah. No. I just. I, no. Real. I. But. You know. I, I'm. I'm sitting here trying to figure out what. What's my best guess as to the economic number it's going to show up in? I think it will show up in the wage inflation. It'll be in the employment number, not in the 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 inflation numbers that you know that we report on and we talk about here, the PCE and the CPI, um, because. I mean, wage inflation is—I mean—that's that's just something you can't really cover up. Well, if if the, and if the regular inflation is, is and and to to use a phrase I really hate, it is what it is. Yeah. You know, so well, let's, let's take the that's you know, and we get and we get that number on Friday, and that that's that's what I'll be looking at. All right, we'll take the U, the UPS settlement. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think they've had a oh, raise. Yeah, they've had a raise. I don't think they've had a raise for two years. Prices are up to beat the band, and now over the next five years, they're going to get a total of, what, 40%. I'm going to say they're not even breaking even, yet it's going to be touted on TV is that's the reason why UPS prices are up. UPS prices are already up. What has nothing to do with the Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, by the way, uh, if, if ever there was, if you had a class where if I could, if you ever were talking about this, I could probably make, if I went back and look at this stuff, Carl, or Carl, I'm sorry, Russell, uh, that's all right. Um, if I went back to look at this stuff, I'm going to say for a six month to a year period, we actually did have wage inflation, and I'm going to say it was probably late '81, maybe oh. uh, because the even if you if you're legit on the numbers, there's such a lagging indicator that at that yeah. at that time people had cost of living increases. In there, a lot of people did. I mean, mostly all unions. Uh, there were a lot of people in unions back then. I think for a period of time, we actually had zero inflation, regular inflation, and because it was coming through the system that it was still there, people were still getting raises on cost of living when they didn't quote deserve them. So I think near the end of the cycle, if if you have cola clauses, which I don't know if they, these people are getting these 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 uh, settlements or not, if you have cola clauses, you actually can be an inflation driver in the last part of the cycle, but we're nowhere mm-hmm. near we're nowhere near that yet here. 
That's not even close. We don't, we don't have people. I don't think people even get in the cola thing yet, are they? I I have no idea on that one, but um, you know, for for day to day, you know, for for very mobile, you know, above just above minimum wage type of jobs, uh, you know, there there's a shortage of people that are willing to do those at those prices. So, you know, the, those wages are most definitely going up, and those are probably the most sensitive to market to the market if you think about it. Well, yeah. Hey, uh, how, how do how do uh, I get in this Washington barstool thing? Uh, you got to go, go go to a couple of keg stands and, and uh, send them a message. Can we do this at series, Greg? I'm just, uh, you can try. Yeah, you just you can try it. Who's you gonna, gonna lift you, you up? Could, you could probably. <laughs> yeah, who's gonna lift me up? Let you, they'd probably let you do a barstool series. Barstool series? Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, yeah, you should do that. I would series. Uh, that, yeah, you probably have about barstool actually commented on four, series. Four followers, and you know, because oh god. I wouldn't really have, you know, have any guys, It would be like guys like us sitting on the bar stool. Well, you got to keep us. Uh, you got to keep us up on the bar stool stuff. We we got to talk to your. Absolutely. We got to talk to your girl about this hurricane one of these days because she's probably back at school. She is back at school. Yeah. All right. Well. Anyway, take care of yourself. Good stuff as usual. Uh, SP futures down fifty cents. Nasdaq futures down five. So the slight bulge has come back off a little bit. We're, we're basically flat. Be back tomorrow. Stocks and jacks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI ProDirect. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. CairoMed. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.